Hello, and welcome to Divine Chaos, the podcast where we are learning to live awake. We're exploring psychological blocks that get in the way, and we're leaning into the divine chaos of this jacked up journey that is our life. I'm Janine Miller Delaney, and here is my co host, colleague in psychotherapy, friend, and spiritual sojourner, Ruth Friend. We invite you into this moment in space where we can take some time to release, at least for a while, all of our judgments and expectations of ourselves. Come here into this holy instant with us and just breathe here, now, and remember you are exactly as love created you. There is nothing you need to do or fix. This is your time to just be and breathe here with us and with love itself. Hello, this is Janine. And before we get started with our conversation, I'd just like to personally thank you so much for joining us on our podcast and just being our loyal listeners and invite you to consider either sharing this podcast with your friends or family or coworkers or also consider just subscribing to this podcast or our Morning Minis podcast uh, just to offer your support and help us to continue sharing this content with more people. Thank you so much and we'll get back to starting our show. Welcome to part two of our topic on anxiety. That scary word. Yeah, that very nerve-wracking word. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we want to give you hope that if you struggle with anxiety, there are solutions mm-hmm. there. You can learn to tame the beast of anxiety and even possibly get rid of it altogether. Mm-hmm. And today, part one, we talked about kind of all the co- possible causes of anxiety. In today's podcast, we want to talk about solutions. Yay. Ah, there are solutions, yes. You know what I was thinking about as we've been talking this through with solutions, and I'm recalling a recent session in my office where I'm thinking, I need to go back and revisit that because this person desperately wanted solutions in the moment where the fire alarm is screaming, Mm, as we talked about last time. And I think the only way to find solutions is to work on things not in the moment when the fire alarm so well said is screaming. Right. You have to be proactive. You have to get to the underlying cause. And that's not you you can't get to the underlying cause when the fire alarm's going off. Right. You have to start before. Right. I think I wrote down that quote from Viktor Frankl. Yes. And Viktor Frankl was a concentration camp survivalist. Survivor. Survivor, Mm -hmm. yes. And from his book, Um, Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, Man's Search for Meaning. Excellent book. Yes, yes. Everyone should read that book. But one of the things that he says is between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Which I think is so powerful. I do think, though, the only way 
to create more space between stimulus and response. Something happens, we're triggered, the fire alarm goes off. In order to create space so we can have a different response, we have to train our brain in other ways and in other times before the fire alarm goes off. We have to learn to soothe our brain over time, yes, Mm -hmm. so that it's much easier to call it up when the fire alarm goes off, Mm -hmm. which, yes, and, and just to clarify from kind of the physiological state, Mm -hmm. the fire alarm is actually this tiny little thing at the base of our brain called the amygdala. Mm -hmm. And okay. So that's just to get into detail. I didn't bring this up before. I spent a day in a training where he talked about the importance of recognizing. So the amygdala and this is rudimentary. I'm definitely not a, you know, a scientist or a doctor, but that's at the base of the brain. And it is at the top of the vagus nerve, huh. which runs all the way along our spine, hits every major organ, and goes all the way down to kind of deepen our pelvic muscles. Huh. So when you are tense, you tend to hold your breath or get shallow breathing, right? And you also tend to clench your pelvic muscles, right? I catch myself all the time, ever since that training some 20 years ago, when I'm doing dishes, when I'm doing chores, whatever, clenching those pelvic muscles. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, when you're clenching those muscles, those go around, wrap around the base of the, the vagus nerve. And then that sends the signal all the way up the spine to every major organ and then the amygdala, which is triggering the, the fire alarm, uh-huh. the fight or flight response. So, so powerful to just notice if those pelvic muscles are clenched. So to take nice, slow, deep belly breaths and to train yourself to pay attention to your breathing. So as you, like if you put your hand on, one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't mean to go into this, but I'm gonna go into this. You imagine you've got a straw between your lips so that as you breathe in, the straw helps you regulate the breath. So Because when we're stressed, we take in a, a big, huge, you know, your shoulders go up. And the oxygen just goes mainly to your upper lungs, which uh-huh. which is just reinforcing the fire alarm response, right? Mm-hmm. But if you imagine you've got a straw there, the straw is hooked to a balloon in your belly, mm-hmm. and you are taking a nice, slow, but full breath, and you feel with your hand, your belly expand, and then also your upper lungs, your chest. Mm-hmm. You hold it a moment, and then just release right? Mm -hmm. Then the oxygen is getting through your whole central nervous system and the clenched pelvic muscles are releasing. Uh And that releases the pressure around the vagus nerve. I'm going to put a plug in here because I've experienced this personally and I've had a lot of clients that have experienced this. A lot of people, especially women, hold so much tension in their pelvic floor exactly because of what you're Mm -hmm. describing that sometimes those muscles learn to stay clenched 
which obviously can be very painful and obviously right. can keep your body in that state in of that fire in that state. Yeah. And people don't talk about this because it's, first of all, they don't know how to talk about it and it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there, pelvic floor, um, specialists right. that deal in helping you reteach your pelvic floor muscles that it's safe to let go. that it's safe to let go and that it's safe to be which, in a relaxed state which is, of course is going to contribute to affecting your sex life right because you're it's going to be painful you can't mm -hmm. relax yeah mm -hmm. and we need to feel safe we need to be in that relaxed state to enjoy Right. Intimacy, too. Yeah. So a shout out to both men and women, but especially women that are experiencing pelvic floor pain. Mm -hmm. Your brain has taught your pelvic floor to stay in a state of tension. Of that fight or flight response. Uh -huh. Right. Yes. And, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's kind of like people that experience tension in their Some people shoulders their, yeah. and they have a hard time releasing that so address that talk to somebody mm -hmm. about that so i imagine if you are allowing yourself to do the deep breathing that i just talked about i, I call that this exercise like the too deep the 10 easy like i do the two deep where i hold it a moment and then release mm -hmm. and then i just count to 10 soft easy breaths and mm -hmm. just feel my stomach rise and fall my breath but as you're doing your breathing, if you're not feeling those pelvic muscles release, if you're not feeling everything start to settle down, that may be a good indication that you need to go talk to somebody. Uh -huh. If you're not able, through relaxation exercises, to feel those uh -huh. muscles release, then it might be that your body has been trained yes. to be in that yeah. state. And there are physical therapists that actually this is their whole line of work. And that's how big of an issue it is. And, yeah, that's awesome that you're bringing that up. I'm so glad you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and important for men to understand this mm -hmm. so that they're not taking it personally mm -hmm. if, if it's impacting intimacy mm -hmm. and to be able to support their partners. Mm -hmm. And men do struggle with it as well. I just don't know as much about that. Oh, that's, I did, I'm not aware of it. So good to know, mm -hmm. but that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So along these lines, there are something called, there's something called trauma releasing exercises for short. I call them TREs. Okay. Um, and there is an author his name is David Burcelli, and he wrote a book basically called Trauma Releasing Exercises, and I believe you can also find him on YouTube. Hmm. And once I learned those, that was a really powerful shift for me with anxiety. Um, he, he teaches these exercises to people in war-torn countries huh. as to help them heal through the trauma. There's just, it's a short book. It's an easy read. There's five exercises in there. As you try them, you'll find probably one or two that work best for you. And basically it is manually stimulating in a safe way, you know, very easy, simple exercises. Um, those kind of that, the whole, the whole muscle group within the whole pelvic area huh. that it has 
ended up because of trauma restricting all of that energy and uh-huh. keeping it in instead of releasing it. So there are exercises to help release the traumatic energy huh. so that your body can return back to that normal state uh-huh. of peace hmm. and calm. They're beautiful exercises. I can't wait to look him up. Yeah, when I first start working with people with anxiety, a lot of early on, I'll teach them one or two of those exercises, and then I suggest you you know you try and do a little bit every every day. Uh-huh. So yeah, we've kind of hit very briefly. If if you're experiencing anxiety, a therapist can teach you um, breathing exercises can help you tap into and heal through the initial trauma Mm -hmm. that started that, how do we call it? Fire, you know, just like the fire response, the fire alarm response. Uh Yeah. Uh Is there more about that? Um, So that, yeah, that's a, just a big component. Mm -hmm. All of that. And we, we have to allow ourselves to heal through the initial trauma mm-hmm. if we want to undo the anxiety, the trauma response over mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And that's where it really is important to go talk to somebody right. who understands. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you can work through all that with a, ther- with a therapist through talk and mindfulness therapy and exercises like TREs. Some people really love EMDR. They find that can be really, really powerful and effective, too. Can you explain that a little bit? I'm, I'm not a specialist in EMDR, but it does have to do with really going into and processing first verbally the initial trauma and then a series of exercises mm-hmm. that works with... Right brain, left brain. Right, and kind of eye movement mm-hmm. uh, exercises. Although some people use these little, um, like, paddles in your hands that buzz back and forth that simulates the same thing as the eye movement back and forth. Oh, okay. So it's more about right brain, left brain, right brain, left brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really not a specialist in EMDR, so. I'm not either, but I know it works because I've had multiple clients that yeah. have experienced that and had great success yeah. with that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh-huh. Along those lines, um, just other things that can be helpful. We, we found another quote, which was beautiful when we were doing our, when we were creating our vision boards just yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we love this quote. Why suppress a perfectly good negative emotion when you could ask it to dance instead? (laughs) I love that. And that is just recognizing the immense power of allowing yourself to journal and go deeper into the emotions so that you can learn, where am I judging myself Mm -hmm. in this? What is the root of this? What am I needing to hear from love Mm -hmm. itself? Instead of avoiding. Right. I mean, how many people do you have in your office that say, well, I have to stay busy? Yes, or who have grown up in family systems where the message is, you're weak if you cry. When in reality, all we really need to do is give ourselves permission 
to have our feelings mm -hmm. and to let them move through us. Mm -hmm. Some people even get the message, the religious messaging, it's a sin to be sad. Mm -hmm. It's a sin to be unhappy. To, And that is just so toxic because our bodies heal by expressing emotion, by honoring the emotions. Mm -hmm. Yes, what I have found in some of my experience with that is that little children are encouraged to be joy robots. Oh, yeah. Just to always act happy. Uh -huh. But then when you're denying how you're really feeling, you, that's just a lifetime recipe for constant anxiety. Constant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if your core message is keep your feelings in, just put on a happy face, you're bound. It would be a miracle if you didn't have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so, But the, the hopeful part is, Giving your, learning to give yourself permission to know you can love and honor your feelings, all of your feelings, mm -hmm. then the anxiety will begin to decrease as you show up for you, mm -hmm. as you're there for you. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that, that again is kind of like the volcano scenario. We keep everything in. We're going to become like little erupting volcanoes. Shaking, moving, panic attacks, yes. other physiological, other health conditions. Every, so much medical, so many medical problems come from keeping emotions in. Mm -hmm. And of course, depression mm -hmm. also. So just to begin to give ourselves permission to feel our feelings and mm -hmm. let them move through us. Even if we just give a designated time, like an hour every day. From 9 to 10, I'm going to fully lean into my feelings and let them out. Mm -hmm. Any other time of the day, I'm going to note to myself, I'm not going to do that right now, but at 9 o'clock, I know I'm mm -hmm. going to give myself permission to have my feelings. I often encourage people that are going through grief to do that mm -hmm. so that they have better ways of functioning Yes, to create this space so that their body and their brain knows that they are going to fully fully engage in their feelings you have your grief work time right because grief you you have to give yourself permission to do the work of it to allow it to release mm -hmm. sometimes i tell people it's like you know your grief is in a closet mm -hmm. and you're gonna open up that closet door every day at this time so that you can fully lean into it and, and let it, it let it out and then if you want you can close the door and if it comes up at other times, you can note, okay, yes, there's sadness there. Mm -hmm. It's okay, there's sadness there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor that sadness at this time. And for the moment, I'm just going to stay focused here right. and be nurturing to myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is a lot of stuff. It is. Yeah. These Hopefully are, it's not feeling too overwhelming. I know. I, it's reminding me sometimes when people come... Um, to me, with anxiety, if you hit too many solutions, it is overwhelming. Yes. You might have to really pause and stop this podcast and just take one piece at a time. Right. Yeah. There are other, let's go to some of the basic, more simpler things that help with anxiety. Okay. Exercise. Mm-hmm. Many studies would say exercise can be as effective, if not... More effective than medication. Right, right, which is amazing to think. Cardio in particular. Right. 
or at least interval, like five minutes of cardio, five minutes of walking, uh-huh. you know, a little, little intense, get the heart rate up. Right. Settle down. Yeah. Some of the studies that have been done recently too on regulating talk about right brain, left brain things like walking, that that's a way to regulate the brain. And there are so many ways that people do that. They can dance. Um, they can hula hoop. Can do Zumba. Which right. is dance. Right. But it's all about about regulating through exercise and really right brain, left brain stuff. And when runner's say, high. A runner's high is an intense regulation. And the and you get the endorphin high. Too. Right. And the when you say the regulating with the right brain, left brain are you referring to like integrating the the balance between the right brain functioning and the left brain functioning? We got the feelings, we got the thoughts. Yes, yes. There's something there's something powerful about that that reduces anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, because because when you're dysregulated, the two parts of your brain are not working together are totally separate and one is one is over and and one is taking over yes and there are parts of the brain that are offline Mm -hmm, so it's how do you bring all of it back online that's a good way to put that making them work together like when we're in Mm -hmm. the midst of intense grief work oftentimes you know that side of our brain that deals with feelings is an overload yes and then so then it's more natural then that we're not able to focus as well. We're not as clear. We're not able, you know, our decision-making is off. Mm-hmm. We can't add or, you know, read. <laughs> so part of it, we can know this is kind of normal because I'm overwhelmed with all these emotions, but I need to do exercises to help bring both brains. That's a good way to put that back mm-hmm. online. Back online. Both sides of the brain. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's more more talk about the brain and the heart. Yes. So just tuning into the feelings, into the guidance that comes from within the heart, Mm -hmm. which for me is right there where love itself Mm -hmm. is, where our truth is. Uh Yeah. So exercise of all sorts. And then yoga, while it's not cardio, is very grounding mm-hmm. and very much focused on breath work as well. And relaxing muscles. Mm-hmm. And helps restore the body to the, restore the central nervous system to that state of calm. Mm-hmm. And if you've not tried yoga, the end practices in yoga are just the best. They are. After you've done 20, 30 minutes of good, kind of tough yoga postures, and then you get to the part where you just rest on your back and mm-hmm. just breathe all oh, that relaxation is divine mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i think maybe this is a good time to read a message from love itself which i just pulled up real quickly i mentioned in the first podcast that this was a message about anxiety one of the very first messages i received that was so so powerful for me And I think it just is so beautifully said. When you believe in your heart that you are apart from me, when you fear yourself to be alone in a dangerous world, 
you cannot but be fearful. What you have forgotten, my beloved child, is that you are never alone. I have never left your side, nor will I ever. You fear because you think we are separate, working in isolation and often against one another. I reassure you, that was never the case. You came from me. You are of me. We function as one or we do not function at all. Oh, my dear child, if you only knew, if you only would allow yourself to remember the deep love from which you came, then would you never feel afraid or lonely or anxious again. Mm. Mine is a love so deep. I formed oceans and mountains and vast color-lit skies that you might bask in the knowing of my love for you. Mm. But my child, you are far too distracted to allow yourself to accept these offerings of my love. Please, be still. Rest in me. Wait for me. I will not fail you. We are never apart. The whole of creation sings and dances with our one expansion. Hmm. This one is still so powerful for me. It was because it was Really, this was when I started journaling out all my feelings to love itself. All my pain, all my grief, all my anxiety, all my worries. And this is the response that first came. Wow. And that was how long ago? Was it 2018? Hmm. I think it was 2018. Which is so interesting to me because when you talk about not being able to recall what anxiety feels like totally you were definitely feeling it in 2018 which is in in a huge context not that long ago well the interesting thing i think is that it had turned to health issues uh-huh mm-hmm. i think it was repressed grief that makes so much sense yeah yeah that's true though and i'm thinking as we want to ease anxiety it is the coming into the presence of love itself that for me was a total ultimate healer mm. of everything coming back into that connection of the truth of who we are mm-hmm. yeah so meditating just breathe just be with me and just the whole breathe you know just just rest, just breathe. Yeah. That's what soothes the central nervous system. Uh-huh. It's so simple yet so hard. Yeah. Well, we have to let ourselves do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, it was for me that deliberate turning off the news because news just perpetuates the sense of isolation and separation and mm-hmm. fear. Keeps the fire alarm constantly engaged. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Which, you know, was, I think what had gotten stirred up for me was watching too much news. And then, yeah, so I deliberately turned off the news. Deliberately began writing and meditating every uh-huh. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It takes a commitment to show up for ourselves. It does. Yeah. It does. It's simple and not simple. Right. We we have to push through the core messages that we should be doing something productive mm -hmm. instead of being there for us. Mm -hmm. What you discover more and more as you connect with the truth, with the love within you, is that it is so much closer than you realize. It is. It so is. And always there. Mm -hmm. Even in the traumas, love is there. Yes. This was a full one. It was. Yeah. We didn't talk about, yes, you know, when you're, we didn't talk about the last part, you know, medication can be a, can be the solution you need to, you might get to needing to try mm -hmm. just to interrupt that panic response. Right, right, yeah. While you do the work. Yes, and that's okay. Medication alone without doing the work is never a healthy solution. No, it's not. Because the medication is kind of a band-aid for it the moment. It is, for the moment. And, but sometimes you really need it in the moment. Mm -hmm. and. And you need to know you have that because when someone's having panic attacks, if they don't know that there's something that they can do to ease, ease that in the moment, mm -hmm. sometimes then that just exacerbates the panic attacks and you can't get to the work. Right. Then supplements, talking with a, maybe an integrative specialist, mm -hmm. an integrative healthcare provider can really help you understand how supplements can help with anxiety uh -huh. like hormone replacement and other things like magnesium mm -hmm. calcium mm -hmm. so many things yeah there's too much to say as far as the therapy takeaway the whole thing is right i agree except for let yourself do the work you're yes. worth it give yourself permission you don't have to live in anxiety. Mm -hmm. And the spiritual takeaway. We're really never alone. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. We're never alone. But we really have to give ourselves the time to remember that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. The time to awaken to that truth. Right. It doesn't have near the power if you just hear it in your head. Mm -hmm. You have to get to a sense of knowing it. Yes. And that can only come through direct contact, uh -huh. silencing the mind, coming into the space within the heart. Yeah. Where you really feel love is present. Uh -huh. You may not hear the words, but you will know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Enough said. Enough. Time to go into the silence. Yes. Where love heals. Mm-hmm.